Hello, my name is Larry Lannon, the writer behind the local Fishers Indiana news blog, LarryInFishers.com. I started the blog in January of 2012, and it is still going. Four years after that, in 2016, I started the LarryInFishers.com podcast series featuring guests of local interest. That podcast is still going strong. Now, if you like the podcast and are listening on a platform such as iTunes, I'll just take a moment, rate and comment on my podcast series. It's time now for the latest LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm at the Fishers Public Library, the Hamilton East Library in downtown Fishers, uh, in the Ignite space on the lower level. And with me, Kate Lancer, a senior at HSC High School, and Casey Alexander, a junior at Fishers High School, the two students that helped me out uh, with all of the uh, podcasts I did with school board candidates. That campaign is over. The election is over. So we're here to talk about that experience for the two of you. So welcome back. Good to have you back here uh, at the library where we did our, our uh, all of our recordings. So Casey, I'm going to ask you to start this. So you've done this before, two years ago when my grandson was was born and I announced I wasn't going to be able to do school board podcasts. You and your sister Izzy volunteered to go ahead and do it. By the way, how is Izzy doing right now? Oh, uh, Izzy, Izzy's great. Um, she is currently studying uh, English and German at uh, the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Um, she loves it down there. Um, whenever she comes home, she's very sad about the weather. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's getting spoiled by yeah. Knoxville, Tennessee weather for yeah. sure. So compare the experience you had two years ago with your sister to what you had this time um so it's significantly changed in the last two years um first of all we were all or all the interviews were done on zoom uh two years ago um we we prepared four questions that we would ask every time and then two that we would just go off the hook for um as well as um just the podcasts were uh edited by us and then um yeah, it was it was it was a different experience, especially just the most part is being on Zoom. Like, and now in person, it's quite a different uh, way of doing the interview, isn't it? When you look somebody in the eye compared to being on a computer screen. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let me go to Kate because Kate, uh, what I did uh, when I just made the decision to try to involve students in this project, I went to each uh, of, of your principals and talked to Mr. Ur- Urban and uh, Mr. Uh, Simmons. Mr. Urban. Uh, nominated Casey, he had done this before, and uh, Mr. Simmons recommended you, Kate. So when Mr. Simmons, your principal, approached you about this project, uh, what was your initial reaction? Mr. Simmons sent me an email one day and asked if I wanted to participate in these podcasts uh, for school board elections, and honestly, it just came so out of the blue, and I was like, yeah, sounds like something I'd be interested in. So I was um, excited to do it. Um, I it kind of took me aback a little bit. I didn't realize that he recognized me in that way to be able to do this type of thing, but I'm really glad that he did. Well, and, you know, I'm glad to hear that. Sometimes when you're asked a question like that, you don't know what to say, so you just say yes. But are you glad you said yes? Oh, absolutely. Good, good. Same with you, Casey. Glad to do this again? Naturally. You know, when we first got together, all three of us, uh, weather was warmer. We <laughs> sat outside. <laughs> But uh, I gave you a few ideas, maybe how to structure your questions, but I made it very clear to each of you that it was up to you to write 
your own questions for these candidates. And even, although you both couldn't be here every time, each of you submitted questions for the other. So all your questions were asked to all the candidates who agreed to appear. So let me ask to Casey to start. How did you go about writing your questions? Um, so it's I used vaguely the same process as Izzy and I did last time, which is uh, mild internet stalking. Um, <laughs> we uh, I would scrub through their websites for anything interesting they would say. I um, I attended the HSEA um, uh, public forum meeting and uh, wrote down potential questions that I wanted based on the candidates that attended, um, and uh, I also just checked former Facebook pages and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and Kate, uh, how did you go about it? I used some mild internet stalking myself. <laughs> However, I also had a couple of questions I wanted to make sure I asked each candidate, such as, what are your goals? Just basic stuff like that to hear the difference between them. And I also used what was going on at school that I had heard my friends talk about, I had heard teachers talk about, just current issues relevant to that that I wanted to get their opinions on. Well, each of you did that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you took uh, I think Casey, you asked every candidate one particular question about something yeah, that had happened with was, uh, the Fishers. Uh, I believe it was the uh, the was it your newspaper? Yeah, it was our newspaper article. And you you asked uh, people to react to that, and they all had pretty much the same answer to yeah. that. Uh, and I think you, you did a good job of. And I, this is what I had suggested that you do: is that maybe there are some questions you want to ask every candidate, but there are other questions you want to tailor to the candidate, yeah. his his or herself. And and you did a a good job of that. And I want to get into probably the most important thing, because I've been doing these ever since 2016. Uh, Casey, you and Izzy did this two years ago. And up until this year, every candidate agreed to be on a podcast. This time, we had five uh, candidates out of the 10 who chose not to accept the invitation or just didn't come for for the interview. Um, just your personal view, I'll ask Kate to start on this one. What's your personal view of why those five chose not to appear? Uh, it was a political strategy. Obviously, they wanted to control the narrative, and at the end, it worked because four of them were appointed to school board. Um, however, it was almost disappointing the fact that they wouldn't want to come and talk to some high school students. I don't think we really tried to ask no. many gotcha questions. We just wanted to have a conversation and get the word out there. And, um, I really thought that every candidate would want to come and express their platform. However, I guess that just they just didn't want to do that. Casey, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat there with the disappointment. Um, last year, every every candidate on every side, no matter what their beliefs were, definitely were jumping at the opportunity to um, to get their message out, to interview with high school students. Um, and this year, that narrative just wasn't quite as effective, clearly. <laughs> well, you know, I start when I started these, the idea was there really is no other place where a candidate can sit down and for 30 minutes talk about their own campaign. They, right. You go to these uh, forums and you're time limited. You can only talk for so long about their other candidates up there, which that's just the format. Uh, and so people would jump at the chance to do that. I think both of you are right. Having studied political science in college, sometimes candidates want to control the message. Yeah. And I think uh, the people who were advising them, and they clearly have some professional people advising them on how to run their campaigns, uh, probably cautioned them away from being on, on any kind of forum where somebody might ask them a, a question that's off their message. So, yeah. And I'm not, it's not a matter of criticism. It's really more of a matter of their strategy, and everybody yeah. has a political strategy, and I think that was theirs. So I, I think you both are, are very clearly see that. 
Um, Kate, to start with you, once these podcasts were online, uh, did you see receive any comments, let's see, from friends, teachers, others? I did. I actually had my eighth grade math teacher reach out to me and said that he listened to it. So that was really cool because I had a great relationship with him back in eighth grade uh, to get an email from him. And I also sent um, my friend some podcasts. I have a friend who's in journalism right now, and she was actually doing a piece on the school board. So I was like, oh, listen to my podcast. (laughs) Um, So I was able to do that. And it was um, really cool. I did hear from a couple teachers I had now also. Casey? Yeah, uh, I definitely did hear um, some feedback uh, as well as just some like, wow, it's you're you're doing that, and I said, yep, done it <laughs> twice now. Uh, I it's definitely less than last time, um, but that's to be expected when I'm on fewer episodes as well as um, there's less podcasts in general. <laughs> well, and the thing that that uh, I think. I've always learned in the years that I have done these podcasts, you never know who's going to listen. The best example I can give you is I I did an interview with a particular local official. Then I read this Associated Press news story, Mm -hmm. and it turns out that this Associated Press news story had some kind of quotation from that official. Wait a minute, did that come from my podcast? <laughs> so I called him on the phone and he said, Oh, yeah, <laughs> listen to your podcast. So you just never know who's going to listen. Yeah. And they're on there for years. So somebody, someone could go back and listen to someone uh, that you and Izzy might yeah. have done, and you never know when that's going to happen. I know I definitely recycled some questions. <laughs> Recycling is uh, not a bad thing in every, every case. Uh, let me ask Casey to start this. Um, I'm just going to ask this question. In school, amongst the, the the students that you know, or just with—I know you, you both are in very big high schools. You don't talk to everybody, but you have a certain circle of people, teachers, uh, you know, other students that you talk with. Was there much discussion, Casey, about the school board election? Absolutely, there was. Um, I, yeah, there's a there was a lot from every like circle that I can think of. I knew that people were talking about our school board and what that or what the election meant for the future of our schools and the policies and yeah there was a lot of discussion about that how about you Kate I actually feel like I had the opposite experience <laughs> we didn't talk much about the school board election however I'm in my school's we the people program and I felt like because I had a lot of knowledge on this I was able to bring that to we the people and help educate my classmates and my unit mates specifically on the school board elections and what was going on. And so I felt like that gave me a different perspective. And that was really cool. So you knew about people actually kind of use you as a resource, but there wasn't much talk about the election in general amongst your circle of friends. Not really, no. Okay. Okay. Interesting to hear that. The four school board candidates that, that did win the election were four districts of a district election. So each candidate ran within their own district borders. Uh, the ones that did not accept the invitation to appear, all four were elected. Uh, do you have any feel as to how they are likely to act as school board members? Kate, do you have any feel on that? I know that a lot of them, they ran, all of them actually, they ran on conservative values and making HSC back to its glory days almost. And uh, I know they're all striving for academic excellence, getting our test scores up. So I think that those will be their um, push as they make decisions. Casey? Yeah, I I definitely agree. Um, I'm interested to see how their interactions with students uh, in the actual schools will um, 
occur without or throughout their terms um just because yeah i'm it's it'll be interesting to see that so you're interested in how the school board members if they interact with some of the students what that will be like is that what you're saying yeah cuz i mean yeah they're they've seemed to be very reclusive in their um outreach especially during campaigns uh i personally hope that they will be very like be a lot more inclusive in their um, like future of that. So I hope they reach out to kids. I hope they reach out to parents. Casey, I want to uh, kind of dovetail on something that Kate already said. Based on their websites and their social media postings, you're I how should I put lightly stalking them at times. <laughs> uh, when look, you look at that, the four winning candidates all seem to be arguing that academic excellence of HSC schools has been slipping. So, Casey, start this. Based on your experience at your particular school, Fisher's High School being yours, and what you've experienced up to this time, do you believe it is the case that uh, academic excellence is slipping? So, I've done quite a bit of research on this, and uh, nationwide, yes, academic excellence is slipping. Um, I fully blame COVID for this. Um, So... Uh, I know that Fisher's may seem like it's slipping, but take a more macro view when doing your own research on this and see how little we are actually slipping. So while I personally think, yes, we are, there's definitely a COVID gap. I also think that it could be much worse than it is. Kate, uh, your view. I definitely agree that there was a COVID gap. However, personally, I don't know if I necessarily see academic excellence um, slipping in our school system. I think that we still have a lot of students who like to rise to the challenge, keep their grades up, and they produce good test scores. And I think we see that in our school district and nationwide. I also know that... um, Our school has taken a stance on really focusing on mental and emotional health and learning instead of promoting that academic excellence. And I really think that that was a good take that our school system kind of went towards at the wake of COVID. And I do hope that the school board keeps that up. That's an interesting point, Casey, because social emotional learning, some people seem to think that that's a move away from academics. Yet if I I talk to people in the school district and some of the students and they say, hey, that's that's an important ingredient to uh, yeah. to academic excellence. So when you look at social emotional learning and the discussion about that, how, what are your views on that? So instead of saying it's moving away from ac- or academic excellence, I think implementing social and emotional learning will actually bolster um, that academic excellence even more. Because if you're more mentally healthy, then you're more likely to do better work, which will get better grades, which will do better on tests. So it's it's a big it's a big butterfly effect. Kate, just to give people listening who may not understand what happens in school, people like me that went to school a long time ago, a <laughs> long time ago, uh, just how you would see social emotional learning in, a, in an average school day. So at HSC, we have Pathways Time, which is kind of like our homeroom almost. It's a good comparison. And so um, about twice every month, I think, we have Pathways Lessons where we discuss social and emotional learning. And they also give us places we can go and um, people we can contact if we feel like we're struggling with that. So... Yeah, Casey. Same, same thing. Same thing's happening at Fishers. Uh, I know. Uh, I my mom works at the junior high school, and um, they've recently hired therapists as well um, from this social emotional learning um, push from like everywhere that is um, 
then let's give them the money to be able to hire therapists to like help out within schools so that the counselors don't get overwhelmed. I want to just give a couple of examples. I was looking at some of the websites for some of the candidates that did win uh, election to the school board. I'll just pick two out uh, just for sake of time. Uh, Don Lang is one example of someone who was elected to the school board. I checked her website and I saw the the following thing. She says schools should, quote, set political ideology aside and focus on the state of education. Close the quote there. Then Juanita Albright, another candidate uh, who, who won election in, in this past election cycle, says she wants to, quote, stand against the divisive and controversial issues that threaten to derail the focus on education. Close that quote out, too. Understand where they're coming from. But, but Casey, in, in today's world where students and teachers have to live, how difficult will that be to achieve that? To regain, like, ex- academic excellence or to – Well, just those quotes. They're saying that what they want to do is basically get away from divisive and controversial issues, put an ideology aside. Can yeah. you really do that and still go through a learning ex- – I mean, there's going to be some of it in some of the classes you take um, – Right. Do you think that you can do that and still have the economic the ac- academic excellence we've been talking about? Um, so it really depends on the subject that you're teaching. Um, in terms of history and English and um, other like humanities classes, I don't think that that's exactly a possibility because the best way to promote media literacy and uh, critical thinking is to find situations currently happening in our world uh, and connect them to either literature or um, other parts of history. Um, but in math or math and science classes, I don't really see why that's a problem. Uh, Kate, when you hear those quotes, uh, what comes to your mind? I believe that especially at the high school level and even to the junior high level at some extent, we need to have talks about controversial issues in our society. I think that that makes us more well-rounded human beings to hear from both sides and then be able to establish viewpoints of our own. And I know that teachers who have those open conversations and classes that are designed to talk about those, I personally find those the most interesting classes. And I know a lot of my friends feel the same way about that. I'm going to ask each of you a question about your teachers that you've had up to now. With the teachers that teach the kind of subjects that Kate just talked about, if you're talking about history or government or, you know, the sorts of things, uh, Casey, based on your experience, could you tell what your teachers' political views were? Sometimes, yeah. Um, more often than not, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. It's they, they present both sides of the story extraordinarily well they give us resources on both sides they also give us a lot of great neutral resources um like for example in eighth grade uh, my we the people teacher uh, mike fossil has uh pointed me to a number of amazing sources i mean he's the person that introduced me to reuters mm-hmm. um and i i read that quite a bit now so yeah. i i think they give us great sources on both sides yeah reuters is one of the great News uh, wires in the world. Yeah, yeah they, they have news gathering organizations. Kate, your same question for you. I do have some teachers who I absolutely know where they stand on the political spectrum, but I think that's just because they're more 
open about it and they choose to be more open about these are my ideologies. However, open or not about their political beliefs, they always give both sides of the argument. So yeah. then we can establish our own viewpoints. Okay. Let me just uh, close this with a couple of questions. One question I'm going to ask you is uh, – Having gone through this experience, Casey, twice for you, and the first time for you, Kate, I'll ask Kate to start. Um, what have you learned from this experience of being with the candidates, questioning them, and submitting questions for them? I really learned about what the school board actually does and how much power they hold. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know the type of impact that our school board had on us and the decisions that they make prior to doing these and before I did a lot of research on it. And so I'm really glad I did get the opportunity so then I can learn that and become more well-versed in our uh, district. So what did you learn specifically about school board and its importance to the school system? I learned, so I already knew that they appointed the um, superintendent. However, I remember I asked Brad Boyer a specific question about finances, and he was like, well, the school board doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. handle finances as much. And so that's something that I learned, uh, that that's a separate office and position. Um, also, I think it's important, to something that we don't necessarily see them doing now, and some to some extent, is going into the schools in and out. I think that that's a couple of things the candidates mentioned, is they don't really visit the mm -hmm. school day and see what our students life is like. And I think that that is something that they should do to experience firsthand what we see every day. Yeah. If you look at the three things that they're responsible for, one would be the superintendent evaluating mm -hmm. and hiring the superintendent or firing the superintendent if they wanted to. The other is uh, they do approve the budget. They don't get in the weeds. If you ask a school board member about a detail about the budget, that member's probably not going to know that answer. The CFO would, the mm -hmm. chief financial officer likely would know. And the other is policies. They do have policy discussions, and they do approve policies, and they, they have pretty uh, robust discussions yeah. uh, about those. So it's, it's, so it's good to hear that, that you learn more about what the school board actually does. And, and because they evaluate the superintendent, it's really the superintendent that runs the school district uh, day in and day out. Casey, again, what do you walk away this time learning? Uh, so last time I definitely learned um, – that political candidates or just candidates in general are not scary people. Uh, they're, they just want to have a conversation with you. Uh, and this time, I think I learned to be a much better uh, interviewer than last time. I knew how, or I learned how to answer real or to ask real questions, how to build off the responses. Because uh, if you re-listen to some of those old interviews, oh, man. <laughs> well, I mean, you did the best you could, all right? I'm not uh, going to be critical at all. You and Izzy both did. But you were young, much younger than you were a freshman Yeah, I was time. a freshman. Yeah. So, I mean, I fully blame that on <laughs> my inability to ask good questions. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely learned to be a much better um, interviewer this time. Okay. Did you learn anything about the candidates that you did interview, Kate? I learned – just kind of overall, they like to talk. Yeah. They all like to talk, and you have <laughs> yep. to be willing to listen to them. But I guess that's just the nature of a political candidate. Um, yeah, I would learn. It was interesting to see their different takes um, mm -hmm. who cared more about the social and emotional learning mm -hmm. and who cared more about maybe um, actual policies being implemented, such as um, rules for the school day and that kind of stuff. Same question uh, for you. Uh, mostly the same answer there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely. Uh, learned a lot about like how they answered differently and also how um, how interesting it was that some of them, I mean, obviously some of them did not choose to show up, 
um, and how that impacts their politics or not politics, but their campaigns. Mm-hmm. And and the four who chose not to, to come did win their campaign. And as yeah. we said before, that really had less to do with us yeah. and more to do with their campaign strategy of trying to control the message. And this, I've covered lots of campaigns, school board and otherwise, and, and I've seen this strategy before. So it's not a criticism of them. And I and I, there are some people on, on, on the, well, you know, a lot of things happen on the internet, but uh, people who are critical of these candidates for not coming on this podcast. And I wrote about that and I said, look, I make it available. It's a public service, and it's yeah. for them. If they choose not to avail themselves of that, I'm not going to hold that against them myself. I'm sorry for the two of you because I think it would have been great for you to have had a chance to talk with them. Well, we're I've pretty much asked all the questions I have, so I'm going to ask one last thing for each of you. Anything you'd like to add about the whole experience of – going through this and talking to at least uh, half the candidates for school board. Casey, and you can kind of compare it with last time, but uh, what do you walk away from? What would uh, you like to add about the whole experience? Um, I'd like to add that, I mean, being in person is just so much nicer than being on Zoom. <laughs> uh, I think that it's much more personable. I think that the candidates can interact much more and they can react much better to your questions. Uh, I think Overall, of the candidates that we did interview, they was they were very nice. I'm uh, like, yeah, I think that it was a great experience. Once Good. again, I have to tell you, I, I would agree with you. I've done lots of Zoom interviews, and I would much rather have an interview in person. Yeah. It's just not even a, a close call. And what tends to happen, particularly if I'm interviewing a political, I'm not talking about the school board here, but just talking to a political figure. The word filibuster comes to mind, oh, and yeah. it's harder <laughs> to get them to to stop if you're on that. You know, Zoom than it is if you're in person. So, Kate, same question. Uh, just anything you'd like to add about the experience, what you walk away from and learned and, and, and feel as, as a result of this? Oh, well, I'm like I've said before, I'm really glad I did get the experience to do this. And I would like to thank you, Larry, for allowing me to come on and Mr. Simmons for um, allowing me to do this and making me the nomination from HSC. Um, but I like Casey said, all the candidates who we talked to, they were all really nice. They were great. Um, it was interesting to hear their views. And I'm a little disappointed some of them didn't win because I agreed with their views. However, I would like to say I trust the political process and hope that the four candidates who did win can do a good job. Us, yeah. Yes. Well, I can always say that even though I'm a 71-year-old guy, sometimes I can learn from high school students. <laughs> and being around you, I always learn a little something because I don't know what high school is like now. Thank goodness it's not the same as it was when I was in school. <laughs> I think it's a better experience for you. I want to thank both of you for taking that. You're both busy people. I mean, that's just <laughs> clear. And uh, you took the time to make sure you were a part of this. So Casey Alexander and uh, Kate Lancer, thank you very much. Really enjoyed working with you on this yeah. project. Thanks for thank having you. us on. Thanks for listening to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. If you'd like to comment on my blog, please do so with any suggestions. In the meantime, please be safe and be kind.